Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to another special bonus watch-along episode. The one you've been waiting for, the Who Will Survive Survivor Series Match Bracket Winner, Survivor Series 2007, where The Undertaker fought Batista in the Hell in the Cell match, which of course has the screwy finish and everything else like that, but the listeners decided. You decided that this one is the sole survivor, and I've got my good friend from Canada, not Canaanite 10 this time, but Keegan Dimitrovic joining me here for the Survivor Series 2007 watch along, which feels like forever since I've seen you. How have you been? I've been good, man. Uh, busy but good. I wish I could have came on a few months uh, a few months earlier, but you know, you, you know what universities like it kind of halts your plans until it's done, and then yes. you can kind of resume to your real life. So yes, yes. So yeah, but I'm honored to be here. Yes, I, I remember those times, and I'm glad that you made time to be on here. So it's great to have you back. Uh, I know you mentioned my Mean Markala shirt. I uh, just talked about that yesterday with KNI10, being looking forward to the Legends Elite figure, and I said, well, you know what? I'm in the mindset for Mean Mark. Might as well wear the shirt on here today. Absolutely. I got to get that uh, that Legends Elite when it comes out of Mean Mark House, because that's one I never thought they were going to make. So when I saw that revealed, yeah, I, I pre-order didn't think they were ever going to make it as well. I thought the best chance they had was during the Classic Superstars because that's when they were signing all the different types of variants for the Superstars past. They didn't do it. I said, oh, it's probably because Undertaker doesn't even want to remember WCW, but <laughs> yeah. here I, we I are. Mean, if I was him, I, I agree. Here we are, and we are ready for Survivor Series 2007, a pay-per-view that showed us uh, Shawn Michaels versus Randy Orton beforehand, mm-hmm. a Triple H Survivor Series team versus Umaga's Survivor Series team, Great Kali versus Hornswoggle, and CM Punk defending the ECW Championship against The Miz and John Morrison. So that's a really heavy superstar card, but it is main evented by the feud of the year. Undertaker versus Batista, and that is why we are here. And we are queued up on 2 hours, 16 minutes, and 40 seconds, both on the Peacock Network and the WWE Network, if you are so lucky to still have it in Canada and around the world. And I am jealous of you every time you come on here. Uh, (laughs) But uh, that is where we are queued up, and I will count us down when you are ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. You are ready. The creatures of the night are ready. They chose this as the sole survivor. So let us go. Three, two, one, play. Yeah, I remember at this time, this was kind of like uh, this was kind of like a dark age for the WWE. A lot happened in this year. I remember. Like, oh you know, yes. Like, uh, like a lot of people got injured. Like Ray, I think Ray was injured for half the year. Triple H was injured for half yes. the year. Uh, Kennedy won Money in the Bank and oh. got injured and they had to drop it to Edge because Kennedy was the one I was supposed to cash in on uh, Taker I for rem- the world title. I remember 2007 very well. I, yes, I do. I remember I, I loved WrestleMania 23. I, um, I, loved, the un- I loved the Undertaker-Batista feuds. Um, I remember, yeah, Edge cashing in on Taker. Not a good point. But then Edge gets injured. 
as yeah, you said. Yeah, Edge got injured too. Yeah, like what two weeks later. Yeah, but on Triple H misses WrestleMania, the Chris Benoit tragedy, everything hitting the yeah. fan at one time here in WWE. Uh, uh, a but, lot happened in this year. I think this year was a big uh, transitional period for them because the PG era would kind of come not too long after. I think in the start of 2008 is when they kind of started switching it up. And I remember, too, as a kid, like, 07 was one of my favorite years in WWE because, like, it had the Cena and Michaels feud, which I loved, and then it Mm -hmm. had the Age of Orton, which was good, uh, minus, you know, a a few booking blunders. And then, obviously, you know, you had Undertaker and Batista, which was probably, along with Undertaker and Randy Orton, probably my favorite feud then. Undertaker did in the 2000s. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I enjoyed this entire feud. All the matches were good, and, uh, you know, I kind of, I wish they would have went on last at WrestleMania 23, because I don't think anybody could follow them. Like, as good as Cena and Sean was, I think this should have been the main event. Yeah, and as we see, Batista handing the World Heavyweight Championship to the referee, uh, his yeah. first one in, you know. Is that Jimmy Corderas? Uh, no, Mickey Henson, I believe. Oh, Mickey Henson, I can't see. There's Corderas. Corderas is on the I outside. Yeah, but oh, we yeah, get... oh, yeah, Jimmy Corderas is opening the door. But we yeah. get the champion Good first. We get the champion first, you know, which is rare, but when you're against the Undertaker, it's usually the norm. Exactly. Yeah. Undertaker usually don't enter first. And then you, you get Justin Roberts announcing Undertaker and Batista, which I love Justin Roberts. Announcing. I love the way he says Undertaker. Yes. yes. Sounds so epic. Yeah, I remember. I, uh, I as you mentioned before, Batista wanting to main event WrestleMania. He uh, Undertaker just talked about that recently. He says that Batista yeah. was so, he was so gung ho on main eventing, that uh, you know well, he went, should've. he went to he went in the back after the match and told everybody to follow that. Yeah. Which I I heard Batista uh, mention that in, in an interview before and. I mean, they were right because this was the most anticipated match. This had the big build from the Rumble to Mania. This had the best builds. Mm-hmm. Cena and Michaels was really thrown together because uh, Triple H ended up carrying his quad. Yeah, again. At, uh, at a New Year's Revolution because the original plan was going to be Triple H and Cena, the rematch uh, from the year prior. So they had to substitute Triple H with Sean, mm-hmm. which granted, if you're going to pick a substitute, Sean's the perfect you know, choice. But, I mean, this was the big feud of 07 it went nearly all year except it Undertaker did. getting injured in May but mm-hmm. it was again it was it's what carried WWE in, in this year and as a kid I remember I think I was like six years old when this feud was going on and I I enjoyed every second of it it was two of the top top guys you know no no baby face no heel just two guys wanting to be the best and just tearing each other apart yes and like you said again the injuries, you know, it, it caught up to The Undertaker in 07 as well. But this is a feud that lasted basically the entire year. Started with the Rumble. Undertaker wins the Rumble. He goes after Batista. It takes us to No Way Out, WrestleMania, Backlash, the Steel Cage on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, we get Cyber, That's another underrated one. Get Cyber Sunday. We get Survivor Series. And it caps all off at Armageddon the following month. So it's a whole yeah. year feud. And yeah, it was a great feud, man. And yeah. it was so great. I mean, every match was really good. You and, know, and they told and they told a good story, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, like they didn't need a definitive heel or baby face. It was just the two, you know, 
top alpha males that wanted to, you know, be the world champions. And that was it's a simple yet intriguing story when you have two guys of the stature of Undertaker and Batista. And we get except for Mark Henry at Unforgiven, Undertaker has basically fought Batista the entire year. Yeah, it was pretty much a year-long feud. Yeah. So and yeah, it, and it was it 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 flew by though because it was just such a fun story. And as we see the Undertaker enters the Hell in the Cell, we get the signature closing of the door. Jimmy Corderas, good old Canadian boy. Lives about three hours from me, I think. My master. That's interesting to know. If anybody wants yeah. to know, if anybody wants to know where Jimmy Corderas lives, he lives three hours away from Keegan. If anybody yeah, wants I to do the math, he's in the he's in the Greater Toronto area. I'm right across from Detroit, so that's not about, about a three hour drive. So it looks like Undertaker, Batista go. squaring off. And, and you know what's funny too is injuries caught up with Taker around this time. Yet 07 was like his best in ring year. Yeah. At least one of them, anyway. And Undertaker wasn't really gone long in 07. Like, what, three months? About three, three, months, three months, which, you know, it's, it's somebody who puts his body on the line, you know, the wear and tear Undertaker has done, you know, everybody needs, you know, a couple months to rest and recoup. Yeah, and I think he got that a lot starting in around, like, 08, 09, and he started taking a few months off here and there to kind of to kind of, you know, just keep his body going because, you know, feuds like, he did, you know, three really big feuds within three or four years. Like, he did the Orton feud, which was a year long, Batista, which was a year long, and Edge was almost a year long. Yeah, you get so, you know, and, not and to spoil high octane matches. Not to spoil anything, but the Edge feud will be starting very soon from this match. Yeah. And they were all long feuds, and, you know, they were taxing matches that that he did with all three of those guys, mm -hmm. so, you know, and that's not even counting the other, like, 10, 15 years he was there before these years. Yes, and even though they overuse the cell nowadays, oh. this is the perfect, the perfect use of the cell back then, a capping off of a rivalry, because it's mm -hmm. just, it's perfect, it's, I love how they used it this year for Seth Rollins and Edge, the finishing, yes. the finishing the of a rivalry. Something that needed it, and this is a feud that needed it. It's a feud that Undertaker and Edge needed, uh, as we get a SummerSlam the following year. Maybe. So it's great to uh, it's great to see these two, you know, heavy rivals here in the cell. As we see Undertaker picking up Batista for Snake Eyes, and now the Running Boot, which connects. And Batista doesn't get enough credit for selling either. Like the way he sells Snake Eyes, it's in the boot. It's just. Especially for a big guy, he sold it perfectly. Yeah, so I, I, I always liked Batista. I the match. Always liked Batista, especially working with Taker, you know. They could tell, they work oh, yeah. well together, especially it's uh, a big guy. Another Taker, you know, sometimes big guys are, it's iffy. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's very, uh, it's very hit, very hit and miss but with, it's, with big guys. Yeah, but I, I, I coincide Batista much like a Triple H. He's a big guy that really gels well with The Undertaker. Yes. Yeah, I, I think Triple H and Undertaker are his two best rivals. That's yeah. really what I I believe. So, And he worked well with both guys, and Triple H and Undertaker worked extremely well with each other, too. Yeah. So, you know, 
It, 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 it just depends because when you have guys that are as talented as Undertaker and Batista, you know, in Triple H, you're gonna, you're always gonna have a great match, you know, with those guys regardless. So, you know, and they they could all tell a very unique story. And like, for example, like Batista was in the cell with both Triple H and Undertaker, and both matches mm-hmm. were tremendously different. Yeah, and they were both equally as great. So I mean, you know, that's just a testament to to how good you know these guys were. And I wish. I wish that the cell was used like how it is, you know, for this feud now. Now they just use the cell as a prop match, you know, for a pay-per-view, which kind of has, it's kind of demeaned the aura of it, but and hopefully they can one day get back on track and have feuds like this that belong in the cell. I agree. And you seeing, as you see now with Undertaker and Batista on the outside of the ring here, using the cell to its full advantage. It's something that's not even used nowadays. The cell, as you said, it's basically a prop just to keep yeah, people in. And But you see Undertaker always utilizing the cell to his advantage. You saw it even as early, even as um, earlier as when he was in a Shane McMahon match. He always uses the mm-hmm. cell to his advantage. And it's just proper psychology for a cell match. It is. Because it's there. It's a weapon. It is, it is a, it's a free weapon at your disposal. Exactly, and the the problem that I see now in a lot of cell matches is that it's really like a singles match inside of a cell that, that, you know, that it's just inside something, like it's not really used to end a feud anymore, it's more to actually start a feud, like almost, except for Rollins and Edge, which was great, every other cell match has been used to really either keep a feud going or or to start one, and that's to me, the exact opposite of what it's for. It's supposed to end the feud, you know? Like, it's, it's supposed to be this last big match where, you know, somebody's got to win it and somebody's got to lose. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this was an example. Yeah. One I... thing I loved, and he's going to do it right now, is Undertaker used to put the lip of the chair under his opponent's throat and slam it off the steps. Yes. And, you know, like, that's perfect for a cell match. Just, and... it's perfect. I always and I last month I talked about my video game memories of SmackDown vs Raw 06, 07 and that that was Undertaker's steel chair finishing move to put yeah. it underneath the throat and to jam it into the ring. So much memories here. That's just perfect for a cell match because it captures the the brutality of it, you know, and how two guys are just gonna go to the absolute limit at this time. Yeah, it's different with the it's it's different with the PG era now. They kind of have to, you know, choose it wisely. But mm. I mean, back then these two guys, you know, they told the story that they would do absolutely anything they could to walk out as the world heavyweight champion. Which, by the way, is my favorite world title ever. That design's the best. I love it. So, um, but a lot, like I said, a lot of cell matches now they're just they're too tacky. You know, like they. They don't really use the cell. They don't, you know, and they're not meant to end a feud, which kind of kind of defeats the purpose of it. And you're seeing that, you're seeing a more aggressive of it as, as a pay-per-view. You're seeing a more aggressive Undertaker here in the cell. You know, you have Batista choking on his blood in the mouth. Yeah. You have Undertaker digging into Batista's throat, jamming him now in the turnbuckles. You know, the hell in the cell. You know, it's Satan's structure, but it really brings out the more sadistic side of The Undertaker as we usually see in these matches. And this is no different I, right yeah, here. Exactly. He, he's he's sadistic. He's not letting Batista rest. He's going at, you know, his throat, which he just 
uh, jammed with the chair and is making Batista choke on his blood, you know, it's a it's, a, it's a different different side of the the dead man here. That old school into the spinebuster was such a ah thing. yes, great counter here. The, yeah, these two guys had tremendous chemistry. But if there is one guy that I wish Undertaker could have had a cell match with, it would have been Jeff Hardy. If that's that that's oh, one cell match, yes. I wish they would have they would have done. I think, I think Jeff Hardy. Absolutely I, unreal. I think Jeff Hardy even wanted that. I think he wanted to like yeah. do a swanton bomb off the top and have totally miss yeah. Taker. Taker Pike. That that's it for Taker. That's it. You know what? I already dealt with one Daredevil. I'm not dealing with another one with the cell. Could you imagine though if they could have pulled it off safely? What kind of WrestleMania moment that would have been if Hardy would have swantoned off the top and missed? Oh my god. I think they um if 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 they could have had like a crash pad under the table to you know land it safely because you know, I know Hardy really wanted to sell match with Gager because they had if anyone remembers if they love Monday Night Raw, those two had a classic ladder match. I think I think the best if they if Undertaker was still active, I think two thousand twenty two would have been perfect. It's twenty years since the ladder match. It could have yeah, been so much history I, I know, there. I, I know Jack Hardy can still pull off a stunt, but I, I think Taker's worried about, you know, not living up to that. Match Take, at 02, and I think, I, I think they can still pull it off. I know they can't. You know, I, as I say, almost every week, Undertaker's too hard on himself. You know, he says he can't live up. I, he, I, the fans, the, the fans who love Undertaker for who he is will always accept an Undertaker match. The nostalgia in me still would still want to see an Undertaker and Jeff Hardy match just because I love both of them, you know. But I mean, it's like that's that's the one Hell in a Cell match I wish Undertaker would have had because he wrestled Batista, he wrestled Triple H, Edge, Orton, Lesnar, you know, even Shane McMahon. But Jeff Hardy was that one that he never had the Cell match with, and I and I think it would have been it would have been something. I mean. It should have been at a WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Like I think if Jeff Hardy wouldn't have left, I think it would have happened. Probably. But but I think I mean it would have been tremendous. I think they would have told such a good story, and those two had good chemistry too. But I mean, you know, at least at least we had this one that we're watching right now because this one was freaking great. And Survivor Series is like the perfect pay per view for it. Yeah, and ever since you mentioned that great counter from old school into the spine buster. Batista's been on top here. He's, you know, Undertaker was the one in control of the match for most of the time, but that one counter and reversal, it really threw it right back into Batista's corner here. And now we're back out yeah. here with the steel steps and using the cell again to their advantage. There's no time wasted in this match, and that's what I like. It's like there's no stalling really. Like everybody's either the aggressor or they're selling. It's, it's what a cell match should be. You know, just two guys going to absolute war. And this is what this match is. You know, it's a, a, a prime example. And I find this is more of a forgotten cell match. I don't know why. I think maybe because of the finish. Probably. As we'll get because to. Like, which we'll get to. But, I mean, it's just, oh. you know, like, I find this one's not really talked about. As much as like Undertaker and Edge or even Undertaker and Orton, oh, what a chair shot. Oh, I know. And not only that, I'm grimacing because of just the blood pouring down from Batista's skull. <laughs> yeah, that ain't gonna happen now. At least not in WWE. 
Undertaker, always the master of the stiff chair shots. Remember the one he did the Kennedy the year prior? Oh. Yeah, and they the say the Chris one Canyon one is bad. Take a look at the no, take a look at the Kennedy. the Kennedy. I you know what though the Canyon one was pretty was pretty gnarly, but the Kennedy but the Kennedy one was crazy. Nothing beats the Kennedy or the Randy Orton one where the chair just sticks on Randy Orton. Oh yeah, and the cell in Armageddon. Yeah, it yeah, just sticks there. Yeah, shot. yeah. Yeah, that was a nasty shot. I mean. Undertaker always had great chair shots, but he yeah. just knew how to use a chair. Yes, yes, he did. You don't want it to look, you know, too soft or fake. You know, you got to make it look some some kind of believable. Well, because even in the untold thing, like Undertaker told Orton, like I'm gonna lay it in, like it's a cell match, like it's gotta, you know, it's gotta look good. Gotta make it look legitimate. Oh, at the top rope here, Batista's trying for. The suplex Undertaker off. Oh, he did. Oh, man. Batista is bleeding like Vince McMahon at Survivor Series 2003. Ooh. That, that, that. for the Hell's Gate. It's almost like it, this is Hell's Gate before Hell's Gate. Pretty much, yeah, because he started, when did he start using the Hell's Gate as a finish? Okay. I, I think end of 07, like right around here, I, like beginning of 08, yeah. Yeah, because I remember when he started using that, I thought it was such a cool submission. He brought that right out of the UFC, but then he added this, uh, he added this little torque to it by putting his shin under the throat. Yes. And then he added that, which I thought was a really cool idea. But, yeah, he's, he's the greatest. Man. Oh, man. Yeah, Batista got his blading tips from Vince on this day. Yeah, definitely. Or Ric Flair or somebody like that. I mean, all the guys Triple H knew how to blade well, too. But, I mean, yeah. But, you know, sometimes in a, I think when you're ending a feud, you need some kind of color. And I think that's one thing that hurts a lot of cell matches now is, you know, there's not color in any of them anymore. Yeah, I think just on the bump recently, Undertaker was talking about that match with Vince. He says that Vince still tells him every now and then he, he punched him right below his eye, caused him to bleed more than it should have. Hey, remember that shot with the shovel he gave him? And that was Vince's retaliation to Taker. He, sh he hits Undertaker with the shovel. And then, and then Undertaker's reaction, too, when he hit Vince with the shovel, that was a brutal shot. Oh, yeah. Just the smacking McMahon. I remember the blood on that shovel. He should have did that to him after he said, we're going to end the streak. <laughs> that's, what, that's what he should have done. He probably didn't have a shovel handy. <laughs> no, but that Taker and Vince match was fun, though. It was. Every match with Vince is always fun. It's always fun to see Vince in the match. And oh, Batista. Undertaker's always, you know, going to have great matches. So. Uh, Batista now is just laying into the Undertaker with the steel steps. This was a proper cell match. I mean, like, if, if people want to go back and study a cell match, this is one of them that oh, I, think Undertaker, I think everyone would recommend. <laughs> I think Undertaker's cut the hard way here. It looks it. Yeah. I mean, I think he hit sometimes him, yeah. you can tell. Yeah. Sometimes you can tell, and other times you can tell when it's, you know. Yeah, because I think one hard way. one hit Batista get on him. I think Undertaker reacted wrong. I think he actually felt that one. He, I think he bled the hard way in the second Brock match too. I remember that one, and I think he he bled the hard way on that one too. Oof. You can just tell sometimes when it's the hard way. 
Oh, is it last ride? I, I think so. This is one of my favorite spots. Oh. One of my favorite oh, yeah. spots from Taker. Getting the person from the corner to the last ride. Yeah, such a good spot. It is. Then now Taker's selling that he can't make the cover until a little bit later. Which is going to give Batiste the time to kick out. Good psychology. Taker's like the master of psychology though. Like He makes every match make sense. If only we had JR on commentary with Michael Cole or JBL. Oh, I wish. JR's perfect at calling these these uh, these conclusions to views. Yeah, I love perfect. J. I love JR just calling Taker matches because he he just he just great on that. Because well, he's the greatest commentator in my opinion of all time. You know, he just knows how to get everybody over. You know, and his excitement for it just gets gets everybody going. So. JR and Jerry Lawler is easily my favorite pairing ever. I love I love King and Ross. Who I mean who doesn't and if you're you know, those two guys feed off each other. Like how Keenan and Monsoon did back in the day. <laughs> they just they they just feed off each other, man. Perfect chemistry. I also like Michael Cole and Taz too. I, I do like Taz I do like Michael Cole and Taz. Oh, Spinebuster. Man, Batista had such a good spine buster, too. Oh, man. This is just back and forth action. No stopping. Here's another one. Second spine buster. Yeah. Yeah, this was, like I said, this was kind of a forgotten match. I mean, when I was doing exactly when I was doing that bracket, I forgot they fought in 2007 in a cell match here. Well, it's because how many classics did they have in 07? They had the the, the Mania match, and then they had the Last Man Standing at Backlash. They had the Cage match, and then they had the Great Cyber Sunday match. So this one was kind of like the last big one, and it, it somehow kind of kind of forgot, you know. But I mean, like every match was so good. Like every match just was different. It was off, you know. They told a different story. It made sense, you know. And it's just, man, like these two guys. I've watched every one of their matches multiple times, and it's just you don't get sick of it. These are the kind of feuds that I think they need to bring back. You know, feuds that are organic, and there's not like as Pat Patterson would say, there's not a lot of Gaga in it. It's just. <laughs> two guys, you know, two guys just oh. at the top. What a, what a Batista That bomb. was a hard Batista bomb through the table. Like, they, they just need more organic stories like this, you know? Like, there doesn't always need to be a definitive baby base and a definitive heel, you know? It just two guys want to be at the top, like I said multiple times prior, you know? They just need to. And it all bring back started. Those kind of stories. It all started with a Royal Rumble. When Undertaker yeah. wins, he chooses Batista. How many times do you get that before? The Royal Rumble, you know, they go usually go to WrestleMania and then that's it. Yeah, and then... They not, never continue it. Continued. Yeah. Oh, that hard Batista bounce at the table. Oh, we got I this. Think a lot of, I think a lot of people thought he was going to pick John Cena. That's what I think a lot of people were thinking. I was thinking that. And then he ended up picking Batista, which I think was the right call. I remember in 07, I, I thought he was going Cena. I thought it was going to be Raw versus SmackDown. Yeah, so Undertaker would go to Raw and challenge Cena. Yeah. Assuming Taker would probably win. And yeah. And end up going to Raw. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. 
I'm happy this one happened though, because you know Cena and Taker could have happened years later. They just they just decided to never do it, you know, until right at the end. But Taker which was still Keith, fun. So, like, this was arguably the feud of the year. Here we go, Tombstone Pile Driver. Oh yes, if I remember correctly, on the steps. Is he going the steps here? No. See, is the keys to kick out for those who have never watched. I mean, the match is about 15 years old. For the match is like, hey, some people may never have watched it. If you're a new fan, Batista, I think, wink, wink. A new fan, a new fan, wink, wink. <laughs> I've watched this match a lot of times, though, so I can kind of remember it off the top of my head. But... Oh, no, here, here we go. Here we go. Here's what I remembered, yes. This was a great... Oh! Oh, man. Undertaker is going to win the World Heavyweight title back. One, two, oh, and you bastard. Oh, right? I love you, Village. You're a fellow Canadian. So. My God, I can't believe it. And here we are, edge the camera. And that camera shot was great. His take was like, what the hell? Oh. Edge, you screwed the Undertaker again, man. And Undertaker brings back the camera spot a year later in their Hell on the Cell match. It's retribution. Hell on the Cell match ever. In my, in my opinion, that one and Triple H of Batista from Vengeance 05 are my two favorite Cell matches. Edge, Edge has screwed Edge. Undertaker twice now out of the title this year. Edge has screwed the Undertaker again. Don't worry, though. If you're not a fan, he pays for it later. But here we go. Concerto. And what was his reasoning? That he he thought that he can beat Batista more than he could beat Taker for the title? Pretty much, yeah. And it was because he had to vacate the title due to injury and he wanted the bragging rights to beat Batista and get it back. Because after this, they did the three, the triple threat at Armageddon. Yes. For the title. And then that starts the almost year-long Edge feud for The Undertaker. Which is also a legendary feud. Here we go. Making Mickey Henson count. One, two. Ah! You know oh. what, though? At the time as a kid, I absolutely hated this finish. No, it's terrible. But when you look... But when you look back at it, it made sense for the Undertaker and Edge feud because this would catapult Undertaker to beating Edge at WrestleMania for the title. Well, we saw Batista so. being dragged over the lifeless Undertaker thanks to a shot from the camera and a concerto on the steel steps. But that is not it for Edge because, as you said, we get the triple threat at Armageddon a month later. We get yep. Undertaker reigning supreme in the hell in the in the elimination chamber, in yep. No Way Out, which which gives Undertaker the number one contendership to fight Edge at WrestleMania, and regain yep. the World Heavyweight Championship, and then retain it at Backlash. So Undertaker gets some much needed revenge on Edge, before the ultimate revenge. At SummerSlam 2008, which we have covered together and a watch along, so be sure to check that out in the archives as well. Um, so, oh, what a nasty shot! 
Uh, as bright as Undertaker was sitting. Yes. Up. As we are not done yet, Edge is back in the ring, attacking the Undertaker with a chair shot. He has lost his mind, basically. The only, the only one that issue I had was that they had Edge on the poster prior. Yes, that's right. Which kind of made you like think something was going to happen. I think it would have been a bit better if it would have been more kept as a surprise. But again, it was still a good match. Still, still a you know a finish that I can appreciate now, fifteen years later. But I mean, I think it would have been better if you would have just had like maybe Batista and Undertaker on the poster, and then you know it, it wouldn't have spoiled Edge coming back, but. But this is, yeah, it's an ending I remember hating back then, and I still hate now. Um, but, <laughs> as you said, you know, needed it to propel the feud a little forward with, you know, just the addition of Batista, but Batista now falling more into the background as you get Edge and Undertaker now in the uh, forefront here. Yeah, well, this, well, this recreated the story of, of Undertaker getting revenge on Edge, you know, for... Not for not just cashing in, but now, but now for this, you know. So um, it, it it made sense for Undertaker. I'm guessing though he should have probably won the 08 Rumble since him and Edge did main event mania. But he ended up did he ended up winning the Chamber and he eliminated Batista to, to win it. In that amazing spot where Batista grabs yeah, the Chamber and then Undertaker propels over the ropes to give him the Tombstone pile driver. That was a great that was a great finish. Yes. Yes, yes it is. And that's it. That concludes Survivor Series 2007. A remarkable main event up until the end, I would say. Very sloppy. <laughs> very sloppy way to uh, end the match. But um, it got the job done. It propels the feud forward with Batista, Undertaker, and now Edge. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, the sole survivor of my Survivor Series bracket... Uh, as chosen by my listeners, and they did not disappoint. It is a great match to go back, great cell match, great uh, uh, in-ring, uh, just the feud, the way they gel together, It's the psychology is there, and really no complaints. I wish there was a match on the yeah. take with a one, but no complaints. Yeah, I mean, these are just all great matches kind of go back on it kind of it's a trip it's a trip through memory lane as they say you mm-hmm. know to kind of go back and watch watch what you grew up watching oh, yes. and, and i was a kid when this happened like i said i was a kid when this happened so i mean and i remember it vividly but it was just it kind of brings me back to where i wish wrestling was right now you know but maybe they'll get back there one day in wwe i don't know but i maybe. miss like they I, I, I miss big match feels like this one. I agree. You know, I miss... like where it just, it, it, it felt epic. Yes. You know? So it's like, they kind of need that epic feeling back. And I don't know. I mean, I mean, we'll see what happens with them. But I, this was one match that I could just, you know, I could just rewatch just because of the story of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like, here's the thing, though, if you're going to, watch this match you've got to watch the other four matches yes that's the thing like you got to watch them to me i got to watch them in order Mm -hmm. like i got to watch mania then backlash you know then the cage on smackdown then cyber sunday then this one yes i just like to watch it in order to see the story progress 
Yeah, it is a story that um, if you're going to watch one match, you're going to have to watch them all. Yes, exactly. It just makes perfect sense to yes. kind of watch them all. Because they're all different matches. They're all, none of them are the same. Mm-hmm. I agree. They all uh, they all bring something different. If I had to say though my favorite match, it'd probably be the Backlash one. I think that one was my favorite. That's I just good. loved it. The Last Man Standing one, and then yes. WrestleMania would probably be a close second. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Maybe maybe I would flip flop, but I love those two. Well, the WrestleMania one was literally right across the border from me. Yes, Detroit, like, Michigan. Yep, it was right across the border. Like I can see Ford Field, like almost from where I live. So nice. it was like directly across. But mm-hmm. I mean, so that that one's kind of sentimental. I wish I could have went, you know. But maybe maybe next time. So, but I mean that was a. WrestleMania 23 was a pretty good WrestleMania. Yes. One of the better ones, in my opinion. Yes, it was. There was, there was a lot of good stuff on that card. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, I agree. It's, I don't know. They haven't been back to Detroit since then, so hopefully... No, hopefully no, they, they haven't. Back. Or they Toronto. Haven't. That'd be nice, too. We'll um, see. Yeah, you know, everything, anything's possible. Anything is possible. Especially, as they say, anything is possible in the WWE. And... um. We saw it may be predictable sometimes, but when they give you the unpredictable stuff, it's freaking great. Yes, that is true. That is true. And as we saw in this Hell in the Cell match between Undertaker and Batista, anything was possible. Not predictable at all. Um, especially, the, especially the ending. That was not predictable. And I um, want to thank you again, Keegan, for joining me Absolutely. here for the very special watch along. And I can't wait to have you back on. You missed your insight. Yeah, missed your insight on these Undertaker matches. And maybe we'll go back and do another Undertaker Batista match. Maybe we'll do the backlash for the WrestleMania one. Yeah, you know. Absolutely. As I would one hundred percent We did be the on board with that. We did the ending of the feud. Maybe we go back and do the beginning of the feud and start with WrestleMania twenty three. I think that that should be on the um, should be on the ticket next time. Absolutely. There's so many matches I could I I could pitch. Oh, I know, bet. I remember I, I remember you There's gave me that huge so list. Or you gave me that yeah. huge list. Well, we'll, we'll I'm going to have to I'm going to have to give you another one eventually. <laughs> well, we'll start cutting into them. And yes. we're going to uh, have to narrow them down somehow. I agree. Yes, we do. Well, like maybe do a vote or something like yes. we'll put four of them on and just kind of Yeah. You know, you know, see what happens because like I will never decline watching a Taker match. Like it doesn't even matter what match. Like I'll watch whatever whatever's there. Yes, so. I agree. It brings you right back into the nostalgia in your childhood. Absolutely. Yes. yes, and thank you again, Creatures of the Night, for choosing Survivor Series 2007 as our Who Will Survive Soul Survivor. And until next time, I hope you have enjoyed this watch along. Uh, and until next time, when Keegan joins me again at same Taker time, same Taker channel, keep on rolling, baby. Until next time. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Deadman. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadman. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. 
please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.